3: The direction of this episode is going to change now as we start to talk about directors that we would like to see take over Bond 26. But kind of a bit of a disclaimer, you know, some people might think we get a bit down on the Craig era and we've talked quite negatively about the last 20 years there. Even though I'm sure there are differences of opinion on, you know, how much you like the films since 2006... I don't think as fans anyone can deny that there is a bit of a stink out there there is a li- there, there is a bad vibe there is a there is a division there's problems that didn't used to exist really and there is now that culture that Matt talked about where you can't be an all out bond fan if you, as in you've so if you're involved in the bond franchise you have an opportunity to slag it off which I think needs to change I think we need to now get to a point where It is the most positive ride that celebrates the franchise, where there is excitement and joy in the making of a Bond film. And I think that's absolutely essential. And we need clean slate and, uh, you know, a magic, more than a magic tree to clear the air of, you know, what's kind of gone on and the way that the films have been produced in the last few years wanting to direct a bond film isn't quite enough when the franchise is at such a crossroads i want to know that whoever they choose will set off in a direction that respects the franchise and the fans as well we've talked about previous directors returning and like i said we will get on to christopher nolan at some point but now is the chance for us to kind of throw new fresh names imagine <laughs> a fresh start here that you know really works well and gets everyone on board or works really well and gives us something we didn't, you know, better than expected with maybe, you know, it could be an outlandish choice or it could even be an obvious one, whatever we've got lined up. I'm just interested to hear any other names, any other ideas you've got. Tom, hit me.
4: <laughs> wow. I didn't, I didn't think you'd come to me first. Yeah, so I've, I've done a list, but some of them are names that in the past would have been really good choices and there's no chance of them. So I, I'm just thinking... You know, John McTiernan. John, John Glenn. Glenn. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. They're all called <laughs> John. They're all called John. Yeah, John McTiernan, John Woo, obviously. You know, we had, like I said, we had Mission Impossible 2, which is, I think is brilliant. He would probably do something similar with that. It was very that kind of era when he was considered for of the Day. John McTiernan obviously been cancelled. But he, I mean, can you imagine of him doing a 90s Bond film? What, mm. the 91 mm. or 93 Bond film? That would be incredible. Yeah. And the, uh, Peter Jackson was another one, of course, who was mentioned. The world is not enough. I don't, it'd be very interesting to see what he did, did with it. But I
5: slight, I, slight more chance of him. Yeah, there is doing a film yeah. now. But I still can't see it at all. But just no. you know, <laughs> I, yeah. But yeah, he, he is
4: long-term yeah. projects, doesn't he? I think that's the only the only thing going in his favour. And he, but again, he he writes them as well, doesn't he? So there are two, sort of the two sets of people who I'm thinking of. I mentioned before Ron Howard, the people who. There's, a, there's an actually a, a new trend of big name directors from years gone by who are quite happy not in their Twilight years to just get on with making films and not be bothered about making an Oscar winning film or anything like that so Ron Howard's obviously one of them another one of them is Ridley Scott <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not saying he would do one but goodness me he's so active he's still going on about no I'm while promoting Napoleon, no, I'm thinking about my next film, I'm getting on with it. I mean, I think his brother Tony would have been a brilliant Bond director, I have to say. He perhaps would have been better than Ridley. This, this isn't going to happen. I'm not, but, but he fulfills so many criteria, doesn't he? In terms of he tells a story brilliantly, he builds worlds. He's a brilliant really action director and he's English. They're obsessed with having, you know, English directors now, as, as long as they possibly carry he was obviously unintended. People will laugh at Spielberg because obviously it's it's too babyish and too obvious. But you'd think, why why is he remaking West Side Story at his age? Well, why on earth? Mm. He doesn't care anymore. He's coming to the last, what, 10, 15, 20 years of his career, whatever. So he he's like, he's always loved Bond. As if he'd make a bad Bond film. I mean, let's come on. Let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. I know it's babyish. I know it's obvious. Well, of course he's too big. Uh, you know, there's no way that, and he produces all of his films, doesn't he? Really. So it's not. It's not going to happen. They're not going to let him have because he. I trust him to produce it more than I would Barbara and Michael at the moment. You know, just mm-hmm. how could it be? Not going to happen.
1: Well, I tried to make a Bond movie about 30 years ago. Actually, had a meeting with Cubby Broccoli, but he said I wasn't ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, so 10 years after that, I became his chief competitor and began making uh, his arch rival into a hero, Indiana Jones, and that was my payback. But um, no, I love I love uh, James Bond. Um, James Bond had a tremendous impression on my. On my youth and my teenage years, I think Bond is one of the, is probably the greatest franchise in movie history. Has already proven to have the greatest longevity of any series in movie history.
4: The ones of the new school that are not that new at all. Uh, I, mean, as a jo- I mean, John would be on the episode. An obvious, not obvious one would be Justin Lin, who's done a lot of Fast and the Furious. Who is a very, very good action director, very good storyteller. People will laugh again, but. He wouldn't make he would make a decent Bond film. And then my two, my two main ones that I could think of, and I wasn't, you know, I'm I'm not saying these are ideal, but Antoine Fuqua, I think, has got to be considered. He won't be, but the equalizer films for me are absolutely brilliant. They're terrific. The they, again, the storytelling, the action films, but the story and the characters involved are really, really interesting. And yes, a lot of that has to do with Denzel is a leading man. I, I have to concede that. But he can direct a film. He can do direct an action film. I think he'd be, do a very good job of a, a Bond film.
5: It's another day and another Idris Elba's James Bond room. I think it's literally mm. trending again today on Twitter. Mm. Uh, you've said in the past that Barbara Broccoli uh, would, would be really keen on having a black James Bond. I was just wondering if. Not... I don't know where that came from.
6: Oh, if... I never <laughs> said that Barbara Broccoli oh. would be keen on having a black James oh. Bond. I don't know where that came from. You know, well, you've been misquoted somewhere. Yeah, yeah horribly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Never, uh, I met with her once before in the past, but and there was no conversation about making a black James Bond. Mm-hmm. It was just, I met her, right? Because I'm a fan of James Bond, and I wanted to do one. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have to use our international uh, filmmakers, I believe. And she was kind enough to sit down and talk about it and all that good stuff. But Idris wasn't part of the conversation. Mm-hmm or the color of James Bond wasn't a part of the conversation. It was just about the franchise of James Bond and me wanting to meet her. So yeah, that, I don't know where that came from. She didn't give me any insight, no. <laughs> inside information no. on that. Yeah. I, I don't know where that came
5: from. Oh, no, because my, my, the question was just going to be, who, who, if, if not Idris, so who would you like to see be the next James Bond?
6: You really? Yeah. <laughs> who do you think? Yeah, I'd be happy with that. Okay, I've watched that. That's my Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, listen, Idris do a great job. Yeah. You know. But I have nothing to do with that franchise. I have no power to say so. In what
4: they do, I'm just a fan like everybody else. And then the other one would be Joseph Kaczynski, who's done. Oh, oh right. Oh, we okay. Yeah. No. No. I don't, on. Know, I don't know whether he's been mentioned before, but his films are absolutely brilliant and. If you haven't seen Only the Brave as well, if that's an absolutely brilliant film. The one about the firefighters uh, in America, superb film. On on paper, think, oh, he's quite a flashy director, lots of effects. But no, no, these are good stories. He can tell a story. And with the last Top Gun Maverick, you know, it's, it, it's an ultimate crowd pleaser. So that, that, mm. that, for me, is the, the one thing they need to get right is it has to be a crowd pleaser that Jennifer will love, mum and dad will love. And youngsters will love. And and Top Gun Maverick is a brilliant example of that. Mm. Yes, again, you're relying a lot on Tom Cruise and his charm. Joseph Kaczynski, I think, did a brilliant job of that. And with his with the other films he's done, Oblivion, with you know, we've mentioned that before, is a, a really underrated film. Only the Brave. I've not seen his other new one. Obviously, it's got Miles Teller in it. But I think, you know, he I think I think he'd be a good choice. And it's not going to happen. Those
3: are variants, I think those are great suggestions, Tom in terms <clears throat> just in terms of how they develop the conversation in terms of again, we're kind of discovering what we want actually that there are directors out there that can bring this stuff that can handle action, can handle just go getting on with it like those old guns you've kind of talked about who actually just crack on and then this new wave of action films and I guess in many ways lots of people are going to look to right who are the action directors out there? And I thought about Justin Lin, certainly some of the adventure he's brought to the Fast and Furious ones. Again, like so, the, the, the my problem with him, like so many current action films, is just the reliance on CGI a little bit. And a lot of those films look the same and feel the same. And because of CGI, they lack any kind of iconic moments. For me, that's just my feeling on a director like him. And I've not seen Top Gun, sadly, yet. Did he do... Did he do Tron as well? Tron Legacy? Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I loved that. So he's a, he's a good shout as far as I know. And even though I've not seen Top Gun Maverick, I love the way that it's captured the world pretty much. And it's brought something that's, you know, nostalgic and retro, whatever, and just, I assume, not relied on the nostalgic element, but actually made a really brilliant sequel that carries on the story just as much. Which mm-hmm. is um, better than the original.
4: I'm not. We're right. not asking mm-hmm. for that with Bond. We're... We want it to yeah. be as good as the old ones, but
3: <laughs> those
4: are great suggestions, Tom.
3: And not
5: really outrageous, I wouldn't say. Any comeback on Tom's names? Well, uh, Joseph Kaczynski was gonna be one I was gonna mention because you know the films that he's done I like, but particularly Top Gun Maverick because everyone absolutely well, most people who've seen it really enjoy it. It's a blockbuster, there's loads of action, it's it's exciting, it's got a you know, it's got a lovely heart behind it. And of course, a lot that is to do with Tom Cruise and also his sort of relationship with Christopher McQuarrie. But it's it's funny because I thought, well, actually, no, it is a really well directed film. The good thing is that you know it's a bit like it's not quite like this, but someone wants to say you know I think that who directed a Nightmare Before Christmas or something, you know, it wasn't Tim Burton, or, yeah. isn't that that's right in it? But yeah. I think you know Top Gun Maverick has been such a popular film, absolutely massive. It's quite rare for the director to not be mentioned that that much, really, I wouldn't say. So I he's think... Not that, off, though, I, he? He's not I, looking for all that attention. Right? No, yeah, no, he's not I think, so so I, that. I think, I think that, that's quite a good fit, really. And he's someone who re- would respect, you know, the Bond franchise. He'd come in. I think he'd do a, a great job, practical effects. And, yeah, I, I, I think uh, he'd be great. So he is one I, I had thought of, yeah think they're all kind of good solid choices I think that's
7: I suppose this is what it comes down to it's that what do you want from from the franchise and I've kind of split mine into people who can handle the action and then people who can maybe bring something a bit more kind of interesting to 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 it but I think all the, all those suggestions uh, are, are really good I'm not too sure about Justin Lin though
8: <laughs>
3: <laughs> he did he did he did He did reinvigorate the franchise, though. It was a run of two or three films where they were really Mm. hotly anticipated Mm. and they hit a bit of momentum and they they did do something.
5: I I think I would steer clear, if it were me, probably, if someone who's done something in a very pretty similar wheelhouse. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I don't know. I I think maybe that's too... Like there, there've been comparisons before about Fast and Furious and Bond and stuff, so I don't know. Maybe maybe that's just a bit too close, but no, I, no, I, I just I just think that that yeah, the the Fast and the Furious
7: series is is it's so sort of it's not a real thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah, yeah, Those yeah. films are just so massive, and and and. It's such a weird kind of you know uh, world that they've created that yeah, it like, It's like it's impenetrable. Yeah. I can't imagine anyone kind of adding anything new to it. But also, I can't imagine anyone escaping the orbit of, of this <laughs> thing. You know, like I can't. Imi- but having said that, Justin Lin has done you know some interesting stuff in TV. I think he did uh, was it True Detective series yeah. two, and he's done like yeah. comedies and stuff like that. So he is you know to say that. I just mean that for for me, I just couldn't see him working with. I think I think he's not. He's not a subtle filmmaker, and I, that's why. I, and for me, Bond at its best has has a has a can have a light touch and leans Aaron more Young. towards thriller. Yeah, as mm-hmm. leans more towards thriller, spy craft, and all that kind of stuff. That's but you've still got to juggle that with the action, which is why it's really difficult to choose as a filmmaker. And that's why there's a lot of for a long time there's a lot of reliance on second unit and the stunt team to to do the stunts, and you just have the director who'd work who'd you know hold everything together, but would work with the actors and make sure everything, you know, and the style. But yeah, no, they're good choices. And I think I think the you know, the guy who did obviously Top Gun would be would be a great choice because like you say, he not there's a definite understanding of, of what's come before as well as what he wants to do and bring new things to it and i think that 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 is possibly one of the most entertaining films i've seen in i don't know five, ten years i mean okay. it's like amazingly watchable it does it sets out to do something and it does it
3: just perfectly and, and he I must have held, there's no he real must kind
7: have, of complaints about the first that film.
3: film obviously has a huge fan base and cultural following he had he must have had the weight on his shoulders a little bit cuz 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 yeah exactly there are these there are I'm trying to think of other comparisons where there was a sequel many years later and it's not been good. I'm sure there are others like this. Loads of them. Yeah. And I when I saw that it was being released, I thought it's probably going to make a bit of an impact. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe it'll please some former fans mm-hmm. or maybe it'll upset mm-hmm. them. But I, I was amazed by the impact. And it was also repeat viewings, people going back yeah. and back and back. And, and we do need an event film. And it gets to what Chris has just talked about: whether you're leaning towards a thriller that's well crafted and stuff, or whether you, or you know, the other side of that good spectrum is the Justin Lin event blockbuster, action packed. Where, where do you want it to go? Could a could a, a a really good thriller be an event film? Could it have the world turning? Oh, well,
7: yeah. Yeah. It's a Bond film and therefore you've it's 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 there. It's already you've already done that. It's it's mm-hmm. like what Mission Impossible are doing right now, which is, you know, it isn't an all out action. Even though the action is spectacular and obviously, you know, they admit themselves often write a story around set pieces, it's not an action film as in like a traditional kind of what I oh, with it when I think of action films, I think about basically people shooting each other, you know, but these films mm. are more about stunts, set pieces, you know, and yeah. I think that's where Bond sits in is that it, it's a, it's appropriate. It's just not like, it's not like Commando where you're sort of mowing people down. Not to say that's not, you know,
5: a great thing. like extraction is quite a, one of those. Yes. yes. I, yeah. thought I thought about extraction and
3: even though I enjoy it, I enjoyed both of them there still is a, a world at the moment of action films being made that aren't very special the the mm-hmm. fun in the moment a little bit yeah, yeah but the they don't they don't do anything significant beyond that and i do it's think it's the it, john wick it's, Yes. it's that yeah. john wick
7: world sorry, of approach to filmmaking which is just like you know let's, let, let, let's just camera sweeps round it's continuous take we'll edit you know using cgi yeah, yeah. it's just like it's, it's like it's unrelenting mm-hmm. And yes. this is the thing we want the bumps, and I think that's the problem with the, that, those kind of films and filmmakers. And I can't, you know, retrac- retraction, <laughs> <laughs> penetration. Uh, what was it called? <laughs> uh, um, that one was was like I, I was like looking forward to it, thinking, you know, it's great!" You know, proper. You know, I love when I love when stunt people come and direct action films because you feel like actually, you know, proper hands-on. And obviously, the John Wick director did that. But it's just unrelenting shouting and shooting for like two hours that doesn't stop, and because of the, the style of editing, which feels like everything's continuous, it's just exhausting. And it's just like, yeah. hmm. and I, I and that's not I just can't see that work within the context of I agree the Bond franchise.
4: Steve Plump's choice of James Bond, of course, Chris Hemsworth.
3: That's another episode. Yeah, <laughs> Rob, you had your hand up at one point. I don't know what you were. Yeah, I don't know, probably just,
8: like, prompted by rage. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, I think it's more that, like, so I, I do agree. I, I think someone from the old school of filmmakers to come in might actually satisfy Broccoli and G. Wilson's need for a stunt appointment, but also be direct and down-to-earth enough to get the job done, yeah. you know, and yeah. get a really good job done. My list for this is is, like, very simply... Uh, Biggins, who we know can do this, so Ridley Scott is it, a great shout. Tom, yeah. honestly, I think yeah. it really is. I've got Brian de Palma in there, but at eighty-three oh. or eighty-four, I don't think that. <laughs> <Can you> imagine! <laughs> I don't know I that's doing, but like, obviously, Senior Spielberg go, he doesn't even, you know, like it's a, that's almost it, it, babyish was the word before. Yeah. Ron Howard, I think, would be utterly brilliant at this, but I think the guy I want is James Cameron.
5: Oh, <laughs> I was oh. With it, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, w- I wondered whether anyone was going to say him. <laughs> yeah, no, I think...
8: Like, <laughs> I I want Seriously, after all this, like, so... Do you ever feel like the visual style of something gets slidey? Like, it feels like it's got nothing. Like, you feel like you could put your finger on it, but it might slip off. And you, you can't, like, it doesn't feel, like, totally real for that. Everything Cameron does has crunch and bite and whip and snap. I think he handles action like almost nobody else, um, but he also handles weight of story like nobody else. I think he would tell a damn good thriller and make it as exciting as all hell. So he would be... Oh, true lies. true yeah, flipping yeah. lies. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> so yeah. I think at the moment, he would be, yeah, just like right up there. Scott, I think, is more of an... Uh, like He's in national treasure territory at this point, what Scott is doing. I mean, you can't just be... What is he, eighty. Yeah, yeah, more. Is he 18? Yeah. Mm. I think more. I think he looks, uh, 60. <laughs> yeah, yeah, doing Napoleon epics. Yeah, it's just it's not necessary. You don't need yeah. to do this anymore. You don't have to do this, Ridley. Yeah, <laughs> but he's also responsible for so many of the greatest movies ever. Yeah. I also think Tony Scott would have just been unreal. So, oh, totally, yeah. totally. in, in the noughties, like, yeah, the peak, yeah, yeah, the deja yeah. vu days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When right Scott was going through his own Tamahori phase.
4: Yeah. Well, he was flashy, but told a better story than Dying of the Day. But, well, yeah. Just a word on Cameron. It's never, obviously, it's never going to happen. There's no point even thinking about that. No, I know. But, he... but, but you think, Rob, what do we want? We want somebody who respects the franchise and is a damn good filmmaker, and every one of their films is extremely watchable. Really successful. Everyone of all ages loves them. And I, I was sat again in the cinema watching the latest Avatar, and I'm just thinking, "It. Sorry, are we we are we taking this for granted? How good this is? <laughs> yeah, so good.
6: I'm and with it's, you.
4: Seriously, it's poo pooed, and yes, you know, blue the objects <laughs> and all this. But how on earth do you even think about making a
3: film like this? I, it's just that's it. He uh, he's he's it, got a mind and a capability that yeah. is above the average. It's... But it's just, but the whole the
4: reason it's good is because the storyline isn't too complicated, but it's full of basic stuff of hearts that everyone can get along with. You know, it's about a family, really. The the second one particularly, and yes, everyone's like, oh, he's he's a brilliant director, but he's not a very good writer. But I'm sorry, but you can't. <laughs> His films are really good. That's all I care about. You know, the, the what mm-hmm. the finished product that you're watching is brilliant. Yeah, and that's that's what I want from a Bond film. Where... He... I can watch it again and again and again. That's what I want from the new one.
3: He's someone who invests massively in his pro- in his projects, though, isn't he? Yeah. It's, for,
4: for, for him to, it's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Of
4: course, it's not. I, gonna
5: happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it's no, not. I think obviously, yeah. I you know, he was someone who I sort of, he sort of came to my mind a bit, but I just, I don't know how quite how good a fit it is just in terms of him coming into an existing with where he is in his career now him coming into an existing franchise and because I think I think he does like things his own way and he likes to to do what he wants to do and he wants to have a very clear kind of yeah, world building. Ridley Scott, sort of in a similar way, although it seems to take him far less time. And uh, sorry, he's having a go at Scorsese for say, you know, for saying it takes time is precious or something. And he's like, well, no, I just. But <laughs> yeah, so one of my other problems with Ridley Scott would be whether he would re- truly champion it, or you know, he he, he can sometimes be yeah, some of the things he says are a bit yeah yeah. So yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not sure he's a good fit in. But that's not to say that. <clears throat> You know if he did actually make the film, the film would actually be, would, I'm sure, would be good.
7: Yeah, just no, I was just, I, I agree with you. I think, I think those those choices are, are, are great, but I think now I, it's not going to happen. I think, you know, like Ridley Scott during Black Rain kind of period would have been kind of brilliant. I think that, you know, um, <laughs> I think Cameron, you know, prior to, to, uh, Maybe True Lies because True Lies is essentially him doing his own Bond film. There's all, all references, yeah. isn't there, all over the place. But to, and and again, I think Cameron is is too overpowering. I think he's you know he, he wants to write stuff. He wants to create these worlds. He will obviously steal from other stuff, but he wants to create those those kind of worlds. a
4: like, I would counter him to do a Bond film. Like, Oh, a bit of light relief, just doing a Bond
7: franchise. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I would, and obviously we're we're now past the whole kind of the only. You know, British directors can obviously direct Bond film. So I would counter, I would say we can't have Cameron. What about his ex-wife, Catherine Bigelow? Yeah.
3: That's, oh! she, that was oh! one who popped into my that's, head. Yeah. That was one mm-hmm. name that that's one name I was going to offer. because, And again, it leans into the conversation you had, well, the things, the prompts before Chris about leaning towards a thriller that's well-crafted, mm-hmm. there's tension, there's character, there's plot her films have action in it Mm. and they have enough action for me to think she would handle it pretty, pretty well. And they've got the intensity and you know, you could say, well, what's she like with humor? The two answers to that would be give her a chance. And the, and the, Mm -hmm. and the second one would be humor shouldn't be the. I I don't, I don't know if at the moment, I'm really, really leaning into the living daylights as a blueprint at the moment. And when they were coming up with that film at that junction, Humor will have been part of the conversation, but it wouldn't have been their must, their main motivation. I think it should just be a small part of it, and they'll be able to inject humor here and there. So, I, yeah, Catherine Bigelow, I would thought of her, and then it. So it, that kind of brings me on to my suggestions. If you don't mind, like I thought of her, and then I thought I'm a big fan of like the Jack Ryan series that have been coming out, and they they have a variety of directors, but there tend to be a few recurring ones, two who are female. And I thought, you know, is this possibly the opportunity where? We, we, there's some kind of female directing. There's the names Jan, like Jan Turner has done most of them or Patricia Riggan and those films, the kind of things I'm looking for, there's bits of humour, but there's story, there's plot, there's high stakes, big scale, not much CGI that I can detect, or, you know, it might be CGI, but I can't detect it. Um, And I thought, Maybe there's something in this where that's a a new avenue you could go down. The likes of Catherine Bigelow or these, you know, a TV and a, a director of these TV action mm-hmm. thrillers that are you know more prominent at the moment. Mm, yeah. Um, Funny
7: enough, one of my one of my kind of suggestions was was a feat works. I thought, oh, we've got to think of the ladies. I think that that was Danish, a Danish filmmaker, uh, Suzanne Beer, who did yes! the Netflix. Bird Box, but also did the Night Manager, which is the lacare yeah. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just thought a really mm-hmm. solid filmmaker, and you know, can handle action, budget, locations. It was uh, every yes. episode yeah. was really interesting and engaging. Didn't get, bo- you know, could tell a story just really well. And I think you know, if mm-hmm. you know, if they wanted someone not a high profile name, I would maybe lean, like say, lean to mm-hmm. those kind of you know cuz what what tv are doing at the moment in terms of multi locations you know action yes. you know sets cgi i think it's just a great training ground for for someone to potentially move on to a bond film and it's, it's someone
3: who's reasonably unknown you know yeah they're... he's not dis- distracting from you yes. know or, you know
7: <clears from throat> the, the the main event
4: two other things she did which are brilliant are <laughs> you laugh you, people don't mention it mark camode thinks it's one of the, his favorite films Love is all you need. Roma- romantic. Oh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. It's absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Everyone needs to see that. But The Undoing. She directed that as well. Oh wow! You're right. Yeah. yeah that, that was Paul excellent. Kidman. Yeah. Not particularly Bond, is it? But shows the variety and the. Skin. No. But yes. It it's, it's can the, deal it's, with
5: stars. You know. Yep. Yeah. Mm. That's, that's a really a
4: good interesting. I
5: think that's really good. <laughs> um, math, so, oh, math, you so know, I, I thought yeah. of K- Kaczynski... Bigelow, I'd thought about one or two of the other, you know, more famous names I was, I I don't know if we were thinking, yeah, uh, another, another woman, but I I, I really, I wanted to steer clear of people who've been involved with Marvel because I do think Marvel, they're so, yeah, they feel (laughs) so similar. Generally speaking, there are some deviances and then, they're ones that I don't want, like the Rousseau brothers and Taiki Watiti and stuff. Black Widow wasn't bad and had a sort of Bond feeling and some of the action was decent. And, you know, there was like some crisp set pieces, uh, like a big, you know, a couple of big bases, if you know what I mean, that were like infiltrated. And I thought, you know, that wasn't too bad, but I just have no idea how much input that they had in it. I did, I, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I can't, I can't remember what she's called, and I have to. There's a third time I've looked at Kate Shortland. She's Australian. So tell us more about what, like, what's her, what kind of other films is she? Her 2000. Well, as has been said about Marvel films, they generally, you know, get people who haven't done, yeah, big, somersault law, as in L O R E and Berlin syndrome. So mm. I've, I've absolutely no idea if she if she's suitable at all. But I just thought that's. You know, when I was thinking about Marvel films, which I didn't particularly want to do, as I say, what there might have been another one out there, which uh, did you think, think of? The, oh, Gareth, uh, oh, yes. Edwards, Edwards, yeah. I I think he's pretty good. I, I'm I'm not crazy about all his films, but I think there's a lot of good stuff in his in his films. And uh, recently went to watch the creator, which I thought was was pretty good again. And there were some bits in it where I was thinking, oh, Chris like just picturing it a bit as Bond or, you know, oh. locations like in Thailand and like some people, again, you know, covertly infiltrating yeah. and stuff like that. I just thought, oh, just imagine. And then I watched The Killer the other day. Now, I'm not, I don't think David Finch, I, I, I mean, he's never going to happen. He's never going to happen. But there were just a few times in that film again where I was like, oh, Chris, just imagine this was like Bassbender's bomb, like with the gun, with a silencer. Oh. And yeah. then later on, like there is a really good fight.
4: I don't know um, I'm halfway through it Matt.
5: yeah That's right. it. The, well you haven't had good, create... quite the incredible fight yet but I mean it's brutal but you know have we he nearly seen... signed
7: on to Mission Impossible didn't he he was very close did he, did he? Yeah, yeah. yeah in the early but... days was it Mission Impossible 2 I don't
5: think, think so. I think I think that as Austin Powers says I, that train has sailed yeah. um, <laughs> yeah. so again I, there were people coming into my head and then I was I was saying I don't think so or definitely not or Maybe in the past, maybe at a certain point, but not, you know, like J.J. Abrams, for example. Yeah. At a certain point, I might have said, "Yeah, yeah," but I, w- I, d- I wouldn't. I uh, wouldn't take him now. I don't think. Yeah, it's like, well, what's he been doing recently? <laughs> like, yeah. have you made anything yeah. since Star Wars? Yeah, yeah, I don't, yeah. He's safe pair of hands, I think. He, I, I think, I think he is, but I, I just, I don't know. I, I it just doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Has anyone? Has anyone got Denis Villeneuve sites? Again, he was one where I was thinking, well, you know, I really love his films recently, but I don't quite think it's the right fit. And Christopher Nolan, for me, you know, I would Oh, that'd be amazing. I think Denis, Denis Villeneuve's films are far more serious than Christopher Nolan's films, generally speaking. <laughs> I don't think I don't think there's any humour in any of Denis Villeneuve's films, <laughs> which it suits a lot of the films because they're, they're very serious, but. There are not many jokes or lighter bits, which I think there are in most of Christopher Nolan's films. But I, I don't th- I think he's a, a you know great visual you know visionary director. But I don't think he's a Bond director. That's I think he's one of my favourite directors at the moment, Daniel
3: Villeneuve. I only saw Dune recently, and I thought it was absolutely spectacular and brilliantly done. But it's not what I want for a Bond film. I don't want noticeable style. I don't. I want it to be as anonymous as possible, and at the forefront it needs to be story, pace, action. And I've mentioned it in other things before, cinematography and style are great. I don't want them to be a trick. I don't want them to be something that people notice, first and foremost. And I, I think Villeneuve operates in a in a slower, bigger world than James Bond.
4: I mean, another auteur, in inverted commas, who's never going to happen and people will immediately, you know, swear at the... uh, um, You know what I'm going to say, don't you? George
5: Lucas? (laughs) (laughs) and (laughs) (laughs)
4: Unlike Shyamalan? No, no, no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Michael Bay. You know, (laughs) I think his films are too specifically American, I'd say. I do think, again, every film he makes is so watchable and anyone could switch it on and be glued to it. Not an ounce of fat, as we say. None of them are boring. Yes, people. People say the brash. Yeah, okay. Some of the, you know, the overlong. Some of the Transformers ones. I did think the last one was one of the better ones with uh, Anthony Hopkins, but people, people yeah. don't. want it. Much better than the two that. ones, but that's another another argument.
2: <laughs> Jerry Bruckheimer was trying to get Sean to do the movie. He was over there with the writer, and they were trying to pitch Sean. And I was heavily into casting in New York City, and they said, "Hop on the Concord next morning and meet Sean." Walk in, and Sean is just sitting there, and I'm like, oh, wow, that's uh Sean Connery. He's just sitting there in a golf shirt in this big kind of grandfather chair. Sean just shakes my hand. He has this huge, massive hand. I started talking about the story, what I thought, in terms of, like, this is the old wise man teaching the young boy how to become a hero. He could see how passionate I was about the movie. And I remember Sean's like, uh, can we get some wine? And he's like, uh, the waiter's, yes, 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 yes. They're kind of these English guys, and they're like doing a California bottle of wine. And they're like, ah, 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 I can't get the cork. Mr. Connery, we're going to have to take it downstairs. And I've got a really bad English accent. But Sean goes, uh, Give it here. And he just takes it over, grabs it from the guy's hand, and just pulls the thing out. And it's like the waiters are just sitting there, and uh, there's kind of a silence. And I'm like, Bond, James Bond, and everyone just started laughing. The Waiters are like, just like in a tizzy. And uh,
4: so that's how, kind of how we hit it off. I think he would have been very, and because he's like less attached to projects now, I'm sure if they wanted him, they could have him, but it's not going to happen. His reputation is too bad in terms of yeah. he's not going to win an Oscar and he is like a control freak as well. So it's not going to happen. But Imagine Bay, Pervis
3: and Wade.
8: Yeah, <laughs> get rid of that straight away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tom, when you said the word brash, yeah, his movies are brash. And I just thought about the rats having sex in Bad Boys 2. <laughs> 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 the, the, the mama rat is, you know, out of the... Oh, you know, sorry. Yeah, absolute,
4: yeah, absolute, amazing regular. action and and humour, look no further, uh, baby.
7: <laughs> this is Guts Auto, a.k.a. Mr Stemper, from Tomorrow Never Dies. You're listening to Really 007. Have fun.
3: I owe you an unpleasant death, Mr. Bond. Rob, you've got a list of films... Sorry, of directors who you think you don't (laughs) want to see it happen. Like... I'm, yeah. I'm sure a lot of people would have Bay on that list.
8: <laughs> um, but... so I, di- I didn't put Bay on the list um, <laughs> because is, I, it just, there's no chance. date night with no Bay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who is on that list, Rob? All right, who... so no comic book, pla- comic book guys. None of this. Um, please. Help. No Raimi. Uh, and this doesn't mean they're bad filmmakers. They? You love him, don't you? This is just, I don't think that they fit. It. So, Raimi, Brian Singer. Uh, problematic anyway <laughs> Joss Whedon problematic anyway <laughs> as well yeah no thank you I, I, Quentin Tarantino doing a Bond film I know uh, there's a the thought of it being exciting in the context of Casino Royale I think as an out, outside spin-off that's very interesting as a canonical Bond film never sounded more like a nerd in my life in that moment <laughs> no um, right. and this just does not work and then I've got like other people that would never get, I mean, these people don't want the gig. Uh, (laughs) uh, Lars von Trier does not (laughs) want the gig. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to see James Bond having full penetrative sex with someone (laughs) while a fox watches speaking, thank you. Um, Lee uh, Tamahora, yes. yeah. I know, He, like... long as, as man, yeah, a like. winding ref, and... Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, ultimate style over substance mania, which we've all established does not work for what we're looking for. Could you imagine how awful a Wes Anderson, James well, Bond, I know,
5: yeah,
8: <laughs> <but> <laughs> Horrible. I almost want to guess. I, I w- I'm going to throw another name there. I don't, I don't want Paul Greengrass to do it. That's mm. more serious. That's interesting. That's interesting. Nope. That is a no-no from me. Thank you very much. And to finish off on a more comical note. No, it's not comical because he might do a really good job. Tommy Weasel, possibly. Uh... So <laughs> 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 ridiculous. Um, this is the state we're left in. You know, like, this. is, this is how bad is it now? How well, bad is all- it?
3: What, what you've done there, Rob, though, is just show us the spectrum of what's available at the moment, though. And there are names that I hadn't thought about that you know, just could get thrown in there, and it's it's good to know and remind ourselves of the types of director that there are out there. Mm. Matthew, what were yeah. you going to say?
5: Well, what I was going to again, more people that I I don't I don't want. There's one <laughs> I do want to mention, then I want I want to discuss it a little bit further if if we can. Edgar Wright, for some reason, seems to get mentioned quite a lot, and I don't understand. No. I don't quite understand why. Um, oh, Matthew Vaughan was the other one. But I understand a bit more about that. I don't want it. I think X-Men First Class is more of a Bond film than Kingsman. I think there are better Bond bits in that, but I don't want him.
1: Daniel Curley, we all know this. Daniel Craig turns into a star. He gets Bond off of it. Yeah. Is the word true? Did you also get Bond off of it? Correct me if I'm wrong. You thought you were the director of Casino for a day. So, yeah, it was a really weird
9: time when I got a phone call the powers that be, the old MGM saw Layer Cake hadn't come out and the Broccoli's saw it and they, um, uh, I got a phone call saying, would you be interested in meeting about doing Casino Royale? And I was like, oh my God, yes, I would. So I had this, I read the book again and went and met with them. We all got on actually, I thought really, really well. And then Welcome to Hollywood, I get a phone call from MGM saying, you've got the gig, don't tell anyone. I was like, okay, I get it. And, I, and they said, you're then going to go meet Eon, and they're going to tell you. But you have And so I would go for this meeting, and I'm pretending that I don't know. Right. And all I'm thinking is, come on, can we cut to the chase? I'm ready to, ready to go. And ironically, we talked about who I'd cast. And I said, what about Daniel? And they were like, we're not sure about Daniel. And I was like, okay. And then so MGM told me I had it. And then I had the lunch, had the meetings, and at the end of it, I wasn't offered it, so I I went home thoroughly confused. Then I rang up um, the chairman of MGM, and I said, uh, uh, "What's going on?" And they went, "Ah, we spoke too soon. You ain't got it. And we're going to cast Daniel." I was like, "Oh, okay."
1: Did you so, ever get any clarity? Did you ever talk to Barbara and company and be like, "What did I did I say something wrong at lunch?" Did I?
9: I probably said so many things wrong at lunch <laughs> that I killed myself. I think back then I was naive. Of you know, my skill set was making movies for a very small amount of money. Sure. So I do think I, I I was doubting the the time that they wanted to make the movie in, and I kept saying I don't think there's enough time in. in in post and and because I was I would you know I right. I, I they wanted to hear
1: I, the filmmaker say like absolutely whatever Probably well
9: I didn't know the concept of throwing money at problems
1: right so where are you at on Bond now because you you know as well as I do that your name always comes around for Bond and currently they are about to do their next reboot and how was- do
9: you know, are they I don't know I actually don't know so nah, there know. is about as much <laughs> chance no I would say I would I think I've got more. More chance of being cast as Bond as directing Bond. Seriously? Yeah.
1: Why do you say that?
9: Ask them. They're, they're, they're not keen on me.
1: Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. If things ever shifted, do you have Like, do you know what you do with Bond? Yes. Give me a little hint? No. <laughs> <laughs> Would you go period?
2: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
9: Yeah, my, my, because obviously Kingsman was a huge, huge influence. So everything, everything I do
5: in Kingsman, I would have ended up, I would have done on Bond. But Edgar Wright, I'm not mm. quite, sh- I'm not quite sure where that comes from because he's the only reason. Well, yeah, uh, but what he's got a like, very
4: specific, he, did, very specific did he do Logan style. Ludwig? No, that's no, so, that Steven Soderbergh. Yeah, he's
3: oh, a yeah, yeah. oh no, muddling a uh, Baby Driver, isn't it? Sorry, I always get those. Baby Driver, yeah. yeah sorry, they're all yeah, yeah.
5: so they're all so overtly directed and stylized, yes. and me to avoid. That, I just like, don't play. think that's a good fit for Bond. So it does. Maybe the only good thing he might, you know, he worked with Timothy Dalton quite recently. So maybe that's the no. I'm say quite recently, twenty years ago now. I think, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> He's good yeah. at <laughs> But, but what, not, is, not Bond films, are they? No. But his name does seem to crop up quite yeah, a always, bit on Twitter always, and stuff. Always. But do you think it's just because he's English or is yeah, there any I'm, other?
4: He's quite a well-known director, you know, to English people. You know, he, he's almost more famous than his films. Like, his films aren't that successful, really. But they kind of get word of mouth, don't they? Aside from the Cornetto trilogy, really his films have... They've not done particularly well at the box office, but oh, aren't they actually underrated? They're actually really good. Mm. Scott Pilgrim and okay, oh, yeah. ben Driver was a bit more successful, but the new one with Annie Taylor Joy and the, these kind of things, they, oh, they're yeah, actually, it wasn't really good. At you oh, I, I yeah, you, I do think so,
8: stylistically,
4: this is a no-go area. Yeah, it's not. It's not what what we want. I don't. I'm really worried. Chris is he's top of his list. I'm saying.
3: Well, we will get on to Chris. <laughs> Chris's list. You know, is is the good and the the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah. yeah. How many
8: names are on the list, Chris?
3: Not that many. no so excited. Is Taika Waititi <laughs> on there,
7: <Dope>. Chris? <laughs> no. No, I only had one, <laughs> which was an absolute no go, and that was just because I didn't really get chance to to, to go through because it's just an endless list. But basically, and that was that was what Math mentioned, which is Matthew Vaughan, just pure Al nonsense. Like everything he does is no, none of it is based in reality. And obviously, he apparently said he says that he was off a casino rail. I'm not really too sure that's true. Uh, essentially because of uh, layer cake isn't it but everything he does kick-ass kingsman the king's man that new thing with <laughs> what's his face our oh, guy looks absolutely awful everything he does just looks over the top just I, it's just not i have no interest in it and i just can't see him doing a straight bond film without doing something shit yes. basically i would yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. rather I have was, guy Ritchie first, Ritchie do you know i thought I'm you were gonna say like, i can't see
8: yeah i
4: agree yeah I know I, I, improving. Yeah.
8: Ritchie's in an odd category for me because he's like, I would both like that and not like that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, so mm. if it's the Ritchie who did Lockstock, um, no way. <laughs> but if it's the Ritchie who did Aladdin, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> his last film, The Covenant, his last film, I don't know if it's straight to prime, but mm. with Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, out in Afghanistan, great stuff, really
8: tight stuff. Cozy action. Okay. I've just,
4: I've talked Sorry, two got more it. who were not funny and who are possible suggestions. We, t- we were t- talking about women. Patty Jenkins. Who, yeah. She's surely one of the better superhero directors. For the two... Everyone hates the second one. I thought it was a brilliant film. The second one. The I've Wonder still not women. seen it. Yeah. Wonder yeah. Women. Yeah. <laughs> but again, you know, crowd-pleasing action. It's yeah. the same yeah. mm-hmm. with good stories, uh, good characters, yeah. uh, good action. And then the other one... Very FYR, very pod dojo. He's too American. He's never gonna have <laughs> Peter Berg. Oh yeah, yeah. He love delivered him. a really good thriller. A hundred percent hit rate it's as Mark far as Warburg I can tell. It.
5: Yeah, it's yeah.
3: Uh, it's Felix Life. Is
4: it <laughs> Manhunt? Yeah.
3: No, that was uh, hey, James.
8: Manhunt, was in. Come in. Come in here, James.
4: Yeah. Well, like uh the, <laughs> the, the the Boston bombing one.
3: Yeah mm. oh, Patriots yeah. Day Patriots Day,
4: yeah. yeah that... I
3: love I love his that kind of
5: film.
8: I love him.
3: Yeah. It, it always I'm an good. Absolute sucker always good.
8: For it. Yeah, but things like if you don't think that Friday Night Lights the movie is a good movie, then why don't you, you know, you know just <laughs> grow up. Yeah, yeah. Just grow up. What was the know? um what
3: was the Iraq <laughs> one they did? The Kingdom? Did you do that? Oh no yeah. Was yeah. It the action one, yeah. The kingdom. The kingdom, yeah. No. And, Deep then, Deep and the Bon Lone Survivor. Yeah, I loved of it. Oh yeah. Lone Survivor. Yeah,
4: that was it.
8: Lone Survivor. Winning.
4: But yeah, the they're, they're too American, it's not gonna happen. But the they're, mm. they're very if he was English, surely he'd be talked about more than Edgar Wright. I mean, goodness. Yeah.
7: yeah, I kind of split mine into like directors who I think would do. It'd be nice to see them take a step up, and who I know that have got you know kind of was well, young blood versus old blood. Should we say so? Young blood is and mass mentioned it, is is I've got two guys. I've got i got Gareth Edwards just simply because I think he he can work within large franchises. He's got a great eye for large canvases, and and also he can work cheaply. You know, what he manages to do with the creator on that budget, it puts all the Marvel films to shame. And I thought it'd be quite interesting to see him do... Yeah, I could just see him really kind of stepping up, because a lot of his films are fairly similar, aren't they? You know, they're very... You know, monsters. I really, I really enjoyed that when that when that came out. I thought, oh, he's a real kind of talent. Godzilla, I didn't really rate. It was just like noise. And then obviously Rogue One and and, and everything else. So I, I would, I would, he would be on the long list just for someone who I think could do something interesting, could maybe inject something new without kind of being overpowering.
8: Your name is now thrown into the mix a lot for who should take over for Bond. Is that a, anything you'd be interested in at all? I feel like there's some nice things that have been written online, but if you look carefully at the Twitter handle, it's actually my mum. She's just really
3: (laughs) proud. I've been really lucky. I've won the lottery a couple of times now in film franchise world. And I think the last thing you should do when you win the lottery is spend your winnings on more lottery tickets. And so I feel like let everybody else have a crack at stuff. And like this was such a great... I don't want to go back to to the other way of making films like... So I just want to make films in the same style and keep pushing it further if I can.
7: And, and the same goes with the ghost with uh, Gareth Edwards uh, Evans who did The Raid and Apostle yes! and was like Gangs of London. Uh, I think just just because he's he's really great at uh, uh, practical kind of action. And again, might just you know this is him just coming in. I suppose these two are sort of more like to for higher kind of traditional, kind of you know we've got a script, we just want someone to you know yeah. kind of you know yeah. Yeah. bring you know inject something to it. I think it's like some, Gareth Edwards, Evans. I re- regret putting them next to each other.
8: <laughs> so so no, this is, I, I didn't know they were separate people for so yeah, exactly. long. <laughs> yeah.
7: but I thought
8: this guy's incredible. Yeah. The raid and God. Imagine if he,
7: yeah, a co-director would just be. Yeah.
8: yeah.
7: Again, my, just just in terms of the pace of the action, I think my my. Because I, I was thinking the other day about like you know Goldeneye, just the Golden Eye, just just just. The, the pacing of, of those set pieces, like the the, the, the shootout mm. and the escape from the, uh you know, the, is it the, not the library, the archive, it's just so yeah. like frenetic Oof. compared to mm. what John Glenn had done. He was, you know, his action was brilliant, but came at it very differently. And I was thinking maybe someone like him might be able to do something where the actions come quite intense. But then could actually direct, and then my others are obviously Catherine Bigelow was on there, and, and Susan it, But my others are kind of like curveballs, oh, no. and that's more leaning oh, into oh, the, the Sam Mendes. You know, if 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 that mm. if we had to continue down that, I'd want these choices would be like say not traditional, but I, I feel that they could do it do it really well, but then bring something new, but still be able to work within. The, the constraints of of the franchise, which is what we want. Not, I can't imagine them coming in and, and vastly changing things. So one of them is, uh, is a British British director called David McKenzie who did uh, Hell or High Water and Outlaw King and mm. that Under the Banner of Heaven. Again, just like could really inject character... You know, has a real interesting visual style, and I just I could just see him doing it. You know, the action in that Outlaw King is 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 is, is great. The other one is Park Chan Wook, who did Old Boy and Lady Vengeance and Stoker and The Handmaid and and the Little Drummer Girl, which was the John Le Carre TV series. Yeah which is brilliant and again can 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 do action he did that joint security area which is one of his first films really interesting filmmaker who does lots of different things and and i and i can't and i feel like he's a filmmaker who would come to this and would he, this wouldn't be beneath him it would be like i'm going to do a bomb film i'm going to do a brilliant bomb film i'm going to add something to this and again stick within the the, the uh the, the confines of the the franchise and my last one, which is uh, an interesting one, because you did mention Harry Potter before. This is a real kind of like, would be quite different. Is uh, Alfonso Cuaran, who did Prisoner of Azkaban and Children of Men and Gravity and yeah. Roma. Because he came into a franchise, you know, the third film, in, and really, again, injected something that actually he, he created a visual style in terms of production, the way it's shot, edited, that lasted after he left. Mm. Everyone else took up what he did. And I think again, coming into a franchise, messing with it a little bit, but not, but mm. still, again, just doing something and and producing, and then again, again, just doing really interesting things like with 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 Gravity and, and Children of Men, and but yeah, the 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 I just feel that he's quite an exciting filmmaker who would bring something new, but again, can work. It worked in Harry Potter, so you know, can work mm. with what pre-exists.
5: I think Harry Potter is a really. It was mentioned before. I think it's a really interesting. It's, it's not a. It's not you know, enough of a direct comparator, but, you know, they got Chris Columbus, someone who could start it, start it off, you know, create this, you know, kind of magical world. Mm-hmm. And then they brought in a more, a yeah. bit bit more of a curveball director who sort of changed a bit of the style and everything. And then Mike Newell, I think, did, did he do one? Yeah. And then it was David Yates for the final yeah, for few. Yeah. And I think they, they realised that at a certain point, you can't keep getting someone you know like you said Chris sort of Alfonso Cuaron had sort of set more of the the style but you can't do I don't think you can do that again when you've only got three more stories to tell and you've got to wrap it up I think you know beyond a certain point it comes about let's get a solid person in who can you know kind of deliver it and and get it done and who who will work collaboratively collaboratively and, and everything and you know, I, I think in, in some ways it is an interesting comparator.
8: And also the on movie is the best Harry Potter movie.
5: Yeah,
7: I agree. Yeah. And I think, <laughs> I think, I think, I think that also there, there are, also, again, there are parallels with Harry Potter and Mission Impossible where you had that you had a director who had such an impact, like J.J. Abrams had such an impact on the <laughs> franchise that essentially we've just been kind of following that along, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and
4: just people coming in, doing, sitting within that. Brilliant suggestions, Chris. Brilliant. The only other one that came to mind then was because you mentioned "Hello, or High Water. But, I mean, Taylor
3: Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan, yeah. Those Who Wish Me Dead. It's the one yeah. with Angela. Yeah. Fire, quite, an yeah. Interesting, quite an interesting one, didn't one. Yeah. Low key. They're all yeah, like... it felt a little bit lockdown-y in terms of <laughs> yeah, felt, yeah. uh, like they couldn't quite be Stay there. Stay outside.
4: But before, <laughs> before,
3: yeah, before that, he, he's done some great
4: stuff. Imagine Kevin Costner in a Bond film. Goodness me.
5: What? Felix Light is
4: the banner. <laughs> like,
5: yeah, yeah. Slightly against types, slightly sinister. What what I was thinking of as well, and again, you know, I'm, I'm a I'm a complete hypocrite because obviously I really want Christopher Nolan to do it, and this wouldn't if this were him, then there is a big danger of this happening. And but you don't want to direct to where, you know, James Bond should be the thing that's the banner, not yeah such and such, you know, no offense, like a James Cameron film, yeah, a Taiki Waititi film or something, from the director of, we don't want want from the director of, we want, this is the new James Bond adventure. So, Uh, yeah. yeah, And I think it's like, it's like
7: taking your ego out of it, isn't it? I think, think, yeah, and he had mentioned before is like it has such so, too much of an ego that he would never, you would never get beyond. He could never set set aside that to actually direct a film. On the other hand, I think Edgar Wright, who I don't think is suitable, is capable of doing that and toning down his own kind of you know visual mm. style did, and everything. Um, but I just don't think he would be suitable.
3: Watiti did that vodka Belvedere advert, didn't he? With breaking oh, yeah. was I could I tried to look it up and I could never find out. Was that Eon produced, or was that uh, sorry? Was there any Eon link well, to that at all? There was something that made me think it, was, was. Up,
4: wasn't it? really. It was... oh, I'm so
3: glad but it I wasn't like Barbara see... had some kind of you know she wanted him to do it, or you know she commissioned you know of a... hmm. sure she wandered in to watch or because <laughs> <laughs> if you remember there's Beth, are not she? And the there's an extra. I think this might be I've just remembered what it is that's confusing me. There was an extra in the background. Remember he looks a bit like Michael G. Wilson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. That's what it is. Up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we don't want him anyway. I don't want anyone like that.
8: $20
1: says you're going to direct the next Bond movie. $20. $100 what do you Going want to do? I, I'm, a, I'm a working I, man.
10: I this, you know, I, I couldn't possibly uh, take a bet like that. Um, Cause you don't want to take my money or because I, you, <laughs> I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to define my whole career on whether or not I get to take $20 <laughs> from Josh. <laughs> So I'd, I'd the, like to be able to keep a clear head if I'm ever asked to direct a bond for my I, I see that would influence. I don't want to get i lose that. <laughs>
1: the guilt of to... taking my money. Exactly. There... I, I wouldn't want to fork over that twenty dollars. Uh, in all seriousness, it feels like yes. this is the time. We've talked before about this. And you've said when when they I was need say, me to say what did I say last time? you said when they need me, when yeah. the time is right, great. If not, you know, you've been very diplomatic about it. Yeah.
10: Well, not, not diplomatic. I mean, honest about it. I I love those movies. The the influence of those movies on my filmography is embarrassingly apparent, uh, <laughs> you know. And uh, so there's no no attempt uh, to to shy away from from that. I, I love the films, and you know, uh, it would be an amazing privilege to do one. At the same time, when you take on a character like that or work like that, you're working within a particular set of constraints. Yes, and so you know, you, you have to have the right attitude towards that. It has to be the right moment in your creative life where you can express what you want to express and really burrow into something within the appropriate constraints because you would never want to take on something like that and sort of do it wrong. It's a kind of responsibility I felt very much taking on
1: Batman. Of course.
10: Um, and I but,
1: would imagine you'd want to be involved in casting your bond. Well, everything.
10: I mean, you don't, you know, the, the thing, you wouldn't want to take on a film not fully committed to what you can bring to the table creatively, right. um, so as a writer, a casting, you know everything. That's the sort of full package. But no, I, I sort of stand with the previous answer, which is that you know, you'd have to be really needed, you'd have to be really wanted in terms of bringing the totality of what you right. you bring to a character. Otherwise, I'm very happy to to be first in line to see whatever they do.
3: We've gone around the houses, and to be honest, it's been such a positive, positive conversation. And constructive, I'd say. But I do think when fans saw this was the topic of the episode, they were probably prepared for us to talk about Christopher Nolan. Anyone who knows me probably knows that I'm absolutely obsessed with Nolan. From Batman Begins onwards, I've probably seen all his films on their opening night at the cinema, pretty much. And someone went back and watched multiple times at the cinema whilst they were on. And I I just think, obviously, I can't sum it all up. All his films show great filmmaking with good stories. And I love to think back on them, analyse them, and find new things in them notice his choices that you don't because for me is not a showy stylistic director the stuff that you appreciate later on the, th- the choices he made that you don't notice immediately his name's often been attached to james bond uh to james Bond films in the past he's you know at previous junction he's had his name thrown in there and i'll, I'll be honest whenever his name has been mentioned before i felt quite peculiar about it because i love him and his filmmaking so much and I love James Bond so much, the feeling of the two meeting, the two going together, you know, makes me a bit nervous, worry, you know, the pressure of him getting it right. And you you, you know what I mean? When two of your favourite things come together, there's all that worry. Um, And that was always my view, really. I was too scared of the prospect and I was happy to see, you know, other directors get chosen. I wasn't miffed really. But until now, I think, with the franchise at the junction it's at, and it needs a massive boost, From in my opinion, can't seem to look past Nolan as the obvious choice. Now, before you guys have your say, which, uh, you know, you're welcome to, it comes up so often when I'm watching his films. There are things I notice where I think, that makes him perfect. That's perfect. That's right. I just took some time to note down some of the things that, I, you know, his skills... That are suited to James Bond. It's not just in being a good filmmaker, but they're suited to James Bond. So obviously he's got the experience of carrying a big franchise, and at the same time showing respect to the fan base as a whole. Really, with with the, what he did with Batman, and even within those within a franchise and all these other films, there's good story which makes it accessible for you know wider audiences. Kind of linked to that, he. Strikes the balance between action, adventure, and drama. I, I I love the fact that he is popular and he comes across as this really intelligent guy. But at the heart of it, he loves action adventure films. He's not he's not one of these directors that oh yeah oh he's such a good filmmaker and you know he does this arty this you know he's done that such and such a film. He likes action films and I think he makes iconic action sequences. I think you see in Inception. He's made three or four sequences in there that are iconic and memorable and people talk about them, people draw them, and it creates art. In The Dark Knight, you've got, you know, from the prologue of the bank robbery, which is, like, cited as a best opening scene ever, kind of, to, you know, the stuff with the lorry. In Interstellar, there's, like, the docking, the attaching the ship to the dock thing, which is memorable. Even in Tenet, recently, there's a, a great set piece with all the trucks getting in place to surround the thing that they're stealing from—it's like a proper heist—and then in Dunkirk, there are a few sequences. I mean, the one that's most striking and the one that I think gives like gives shivers down my spine—it makes me think of like Jaws almost—is that scene with the oil leak. The German fighter jet is turning back around to and coming towards them, and just an, an amazing moment. So he, he kind of creates those iconic moments and action sequences. Like I've kind of mentioned, he, he does seem to have a Tendency to include vehicle chases. He likes vehicles, whether it's you know on the ground or in the air, and gadgets. He has gadgets involved <clears> or <throat> weapons and things like that. We've talked about other action directors, but that the, one of the differences with Nolan is just and it's you know it's famous about him how little CGI he uses and his love for practical stunts and effects. And I think I don't want Bond to fall into the trap of being just like a current action movie. I don't. I know that Bond takes inspiration from the action films that are out at the moment, but I don't want it to blend in at all. And I think if it were to go down the CGI route, and this is I kind of mentioned this with Justin Lin, if it were to go down that route, it'd be another of those action films. Not using CGI and relying on practical effects, actually blowing up buildings, stunts, vehicles, that actually stands out. That's That elevates it for me a lot. The other things I've, I've written down, uh, you know, he, he does prioritise central characters like in the Batman trilogy, but still the stories, they have their own high stakes. It's not all pinned on him. In fact, the central character is important, but they're stopping a bigger plot, which is, I, I, Bond needs that. I'm, t- I'm too tired of it being introvert. A bit like some of those old heads that Tom has mentioned. He's not, he's not stylish, I don't think. I know he's got a famous name, but he doesn't have... I don't think he has a visible style that people would notice that's distracting. He doesn't present stories in a way that people would be able to tell that it's necessarily a Christopher Nolan film. And, you know, it's like that role of a good referee where you, do, you, you actually don't notice them, if that makes sense. And I think that is also good for where we're at because I think Christopher Nolan, compared to some of the other people who've said, and there are some like this, actually, that we've said, he would be able to direct one film... And I don't think it would leave make whoever comes next. I don't think it put them up the creek, so to speak. I think they could follow on in the world that he creates. Another thing I've written is this is something I would definitely want from Bond twenty six. He prioritises music in films. I think Oppenheimer. I absolutely love it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And I do think the music plays an important part in keeping the pace, keeping the rhythm going, and the emotions. And in Dunkirk, you know, he uses music really effectively. But then in a lot of his films, pretty much since Batman Begins, it must be his decision because it's spanned Hans Zimmer and Ludwig Göransson. but he gives characters themes. There's a theme tune for most of his characters in his films. In the Batman trilogy, you know, the villains get theme, the side characters get themes. Even in Oppenheimer, you know, the female characters get themes. I, I just want that from Bond 26. I want there to be musical notes and musical cues that tell you, who's the villain that tell you where the romance is and things like that. And I think, you know, from his experience with Batman, you, you know, that he'd handle the pressure. it would work privately. He wouldn't make himself, you know, he wouldn't want to be spotted or wanted to be seen doing it in any way. And my final two points, sorry, I've gone on the really significant. And I, I can't tell which is more important, which to say first, I'll go with the box office idea. Having Christopher Nolan's name attached to the next Bond film. This is something the producers have to consider even if it's slightly cynical, it will draw in absolutely massive audiences and create new fans. I don't think it will do any harm to existing fans either. And surely it would become one of the franchise's biggest ever box office, surely. And then my final point, And it goes back to stuff we were talking about before. I think this is the most important thing at the moment that's just doing it for me. I think it's perfect, really. He publicly loves James Bond. This guy who's so perfect for doing the next James Bond publicly loves James Bond more than all the other names that have been mentioned. You know, he references the films and he says it's embarrassingly apparent how much he references the films. And, you know, we could probably list the amount of nods that there are to Bond films, Actually, you know, we, everyone thinks of Honor Majesty's Secret Service in Inception and that's his favourite film, etc. But a lot of his films owe to John Glenn. There's so many nods to John Glenn's films and his tropes. Just when we're talking about what Bond's been through the last 20 years, we need positivity. We need a director that loves it, that embraces it. And will get fans, fans will feel free to say they love all Bond, they love the Roger Moore era. They love the Sean Connery era. This is all Bond. We love James Bond. There's no space for being... Chris Nolan wouldn't come out and say he wasn't so fond of such and such. He's got nothing but positive things to say. And, you know, in that recent quote of his, you know, he humbly said at the end, you know, and if I don't get chosen, I'll be first in the line to see it. You're not going to hear that from Fukunaga. You're not going to hear that from the likes of Sam Mendes at all. He, You know, he clearly absolutely loves it. He's as big a Bond fan as anyone. I think you know if you if you took some of those directors that you've we've mentioned before, some of the good ones that could do it. If you told me there was a bigger fan as Christopher Nolan is, that elevates them for me immediately. So if you you know if you t- talk you know some of the names you mentioned, even Edgar Wright, if you suddenly find out he absolutely loves all the Bond films and shows respect to all of them. Well, actually, I will consider him a lot more because I think that's really important and what we need right now. He's arguably the most successful action adventure drama filmmaker at the moment or whoever's been. He brings in enormous money for studios and it's pretty much, I think he's respected by everyone in the industry as well. I don't, I just. he couldn't be a better candidate. It's now. This there couldn't be a better time for him. He, you know, he said in the past, it, it'd have to be the right time kind of. Those are things that I wanted to list of all the reasons why I think he's the front runner for me. And there are other things that he's said, and I also want to compare. You know, there are similarities with Danny Boyle. We need to talk about this, the stuff that happened with Danny Boyle. But for me, Christopher Nolan is such a such a perfect candidate.
8: That was the most in- impassioned. Like seriously, I, you should be his agent in conversation with the <laughs> is know, with the with Babs and G-Wills because uh, I don't disagree with a word you've said. And the reason he wasn't on my list before because I think it's too obvious. Yes. Yeah, I yeah. like, it's, it's, there's it's, no need for it at all. Is, uh, yeah. No, there's a guy out there that wants it. He's a premium filmmaker. He's a box office filmmaker and they don't want it. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> yes, they yes. don't want it. So, you know, it's absurd that the, 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 they haven't gone to him and gone, please be in charge of Bontor 26. It's absurd. That's it. And you say
3: in charge, like, and I think Matt's mentioned this. I really, and David Zariski mentioned it in his video about Christopher Nolan, really. I agree really that I don't think anyone should Mm. threaten the position of the producers and take complete control. But I, you know, maybe I'm hypocritical or maybe this is the exception or whatever. I would complete, I would let Christopher Nolan, I would trust him. I think, I trust him more than Broccoli and Wilson at the moment. I think he's got more oh, yeah. vision, oh, more yeah. vigor mm. than them.
5: He's, and I think and, he's and the they've got one. form
8: of messing things up. <laughs> and they've got form <laughs> of letting <laughs>
5: someone, letting someone dictate. In yeah. my opinion, you know, the star of it. Do you, do you know what? One cover. of
8: the probably one of the biggest problems you might find is, and I think one of the, uh, I think this is something we're leading up to as well, is the reveal of not a title, not a movie coming, not a director. But that Daniel Craig, it will be a producer on the next
3: film. Yeah, I mean, I mentioned it before. I'm imagining this is all in a world where he has absolutely no involvement.
8: We're free, yeah, free world. Because that... and Nolan would would won't be asked the same thing.
4: Strange that Nolan hasn't cast Craig, isn't it? In anything, is that a coincidence? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Belvedere, he, he knows. I don't really want to have to do it now, don't
8: no, just... yeah. yeah, you? know, <laughs> Nolan's casting as well is is great. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, it is, it is. Can you imagine what villain Nolan would What
3: And he cares about villains. It, there's always an end, yeah. you know, an end set piece. There's a
8: climax always.
5: Yeah.
8: No, he's he's the man for the job. There's
3: he's always a ticking entirely. clock
5: to... I mean, he's obsessed with time and stuff, but if, in, like, the Batman, you know, trilogy and, you know, in Tenet, and all, there's, like, a ticking clock towards something that the, the hero or whatever has to stop. And multiple things mm. going on at the same time, which... Some of the more recent bomb films, the most popular bomb film of all time, does not have what I think, what I really like an action-adventure film to have where you've got different things going on at the same time in the final act to try and culminate towards the same end goal. Do
8: you want so to if, agree with that,
5: you? I guess, yeah. so if no one's going to disagree with those points, we have to
3: mention that the other thing, so no one said, if I get the quote, let me just uh, get it to hand. The first thing which I think we all love is, you know, he, he described it as amaz- an amazing privilege, which is what you want to hear. You know, the influence precedent. of those the influence of those movies in my filmography is embarrassingly apparent. It would be an amazing privilege to do one. Doesn't need to say, you know, doesn't need to caveat that with Slingers and like. But then he says, you know, at the same time, when you take on a character like that, you're working with an, a particular set of constraints. I'm pleased he said this because it's important. No one's free to do what they want with the franchise. So I'm I'm glad he acknowledges this. And he said it has to be the right moment in your creative life where you can express what you want to express and really burrow into something within the appropriate constraints because you would never want to take on something like that and do it wrong. And, you know, he likened that to the responsibility he had taking on Batman. The other thing that he's mentioned, he's also said, whatever I do, this wasn't in relation to Bond, but in a recent interview, whatever I do next, he's saying, I have to feel like I own it completely. The initial seed of an idea may come from elsewhere but has to go through my fingers on a keyboard and come out through my eyes alone. He's a very private filmmaker, but also it's his vision oversees almost all of it. So I wanted to, you know, before we just dissect that, Danny Boyle probably wanted similar freedoms to Christopher Nolan, and it eventually went to pot for him and his version of Bomb 25. And he was switched out, Fukunaga came in and went and did No Time to Die. And if you want some quotes from Boyle about Although we don't know exactly, there's something about modern day Russia, but with flashbacks. We don't know exactly what it was about. But what Boyle has said is, we just fell out about the way the script was going. I think that obviously, being as they are, they want it their way. And normally a director would accept that and go along with it. But I have a relationship with my writer, and that's John Hodge, that's quite intense, passionate and loyal. And I would not change him, precisely because I really liked what he was doing. Our idea was good, but they didn't think so. And then and then he talks about the producers don't really want anything too untraditional. They want you to freshen it up a bit but not really challenge it. And we wanted to be different with it. Yeah.
5: And we can't persuade you to go back to Bond. <laughs> There's no persuading.
3: Well, we had, we had what we call creative differences, which is, um, there's a joke about that, isn't there? That we, we thought we were being creative and they thought different. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it, that's a number. You know, Danny Boyle is a big name. Danny Boyle has a lot of the qualities that Christopher Nolan has. Danny Boyle got picked, he was doing a Bond film. And I think there was a bit of a buzz, excitement, but it didn't work.
8: I, I'd give it him tomorrow, but he'd, he'd never go back. He's not going to go back to that working environment where these people just. Because also, like, what the subtext of that there about John Hodge is that I've got a very good relationship with my writer who was forced to work with these absolute smart yes, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was just like um, a non starter for them all. That's what it's I, about.
5: I, I think I think there can be comparisons drawn with with Boyle and No One. However, I would say that No One has more of a track record of... His films are generally all, like, blockbusters and, you know, make lots... have made lots of money. Danny Boyle's haven't quite been been mm. like that, and he's quite happy to make some, you know, small... In fact, he said, like, if I'm given any money, then I don't, you know, I make a rubbish film, which I don't think is accurate. But, yeah, so I, I think if they were going with No One, they must surely know... That it would be, it would be him doing a lot of, a lot of the doing. Unless there was something fundamentally, you know, you'd like to think like killing Bond off, <laughs> that they would go with what he, he would want, and they'd probably they'd probably have discussions. You would think they would have discussions about the way that they wanted the story to go before someone was hired. Yeah. So it's strange that, but anyway, I've, you know, I've seen it in interviews that.
3: I think it was Emma Thomas, you know, his wife and producer, talks about how he's got books and books of scraps, scrapbooks of written ideas of films. He's got loads of ideas of films and ideas that he got. I bet he's got some Bond ideas already mm. waiting to go. But yeah, I, you know, someone talk, you know, because I'm very passionate about Nolan. Maybe someone should talk with a bit more balance. You do think that, don't you, to when Danny Boyle was announced and he thought,
4: Brill- brilliant, my word, they can do it. They can choose someone good. And who's going to shut these Purvis and Wade up? And you, you, yeah, and and maybe it was it was the Daniel Craig problem. If it was the killing Bond thing, because I don't think Purvis <laughs> introduced that idea. To be honest, at the time, D- Danny Boyle was a perfect choice for for me, and it wasn't at an absolute critical juncture. There was no need to kill Bond. Yeah. There was no need to do anything. And he could have he could have done a new Bond with a new Bond actor, couldn't he? Then,
8: yeah. Doesn't matter
4: if Daniel Craig isn't. He went off into the sunset with spectre. It didn't matter whether or not he was coming back. Danny Boy would have done a good, great job of a newborn. bond. I, I think I've mentioned this before, but I think Christopher Nolan. It's 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 the same thing as Alex Ferguson's retiring as manager now. Let's think who who could run a massive club who've won everything. Mm, let's think, you know, and who's brilliant with the the fans and the players and everything. And um, not Jose Mourinho. What? what <laughs> as Simon Jordan said it's too bleedingly obvious for some reason they didn't do it I, I just I, and this is exactly the same situation where it, you couldn't it's so basic and Barbara broccoli friends with him yeah they have a friendship Absolutely ridiculous and you know I'm I'm not as big a fan of him as, as you guys and I I think he's a better director than writer and I think some of his films are hit and miss and I'd, I I But and you do, I think I know Harry said you you can't always tell it's a him film. I think you can, but that's a compliment. I think Oppenheimer on paper is absolutely no interest to me, absolutely no interest whatsoever. And it's three hours, you hear it's three hours, and you hear all the it's another time loop. Goodness me. And then you watch it, and you're like, goodness me, absolutely brilliant. You know, the pacing of it, the directing, the acting, the music, Harry. Yeah. And it's just like, this is wonderful filmmaking brilliant filmmaking' And we we're not even asking for that much of a bond director are we? we're not we're not asking someone can you turn a you know a, a story about a, a scientist that no one really cares about and' is cost hundreds of millions for some reason into a blockbuster no way you can make that money of course you can't no he can do it but you don't we're not even asking you've got all the things already you want. You've got the biggest franchise in the world. Uh, Another, I think, a a good thing if you got Nolan in would be you can cast an unknown and you've got no no danger of the box office because Nolan replaces that in terms of the name. He started the Dark Knight trilogy. He's done, he's rebooted, you know, a a massive franchise before and it was that was in the doldrums and it was massively successful. There's there's, tick, 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 tick.
10: Yeah,
5: and this guy wants <laughs> it.
4: Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, the person I feel sorry for, who could do a, do a lot better than ninety nine percent of people, is Jonathan Nolan. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd do a great. I mean, with Westworld and
3: well, this is it. <clears throat> you know, there, it's not just Christopher Nolan who writes. You know, he has had other great people along the way. Yeah. It, you'd you'd think about who he gets in to write with him, and if, you know, surely the Nolan can't Purvis and Wade. That can't. No go together.
4: The One of the worries that you'd have to say is, no, his films aren't, they are serious, they're very serious, they do have humour in, but they are serious, because they're they're all weighty they're they're not fluff, they're not a bit of escapism for two hours where you can leave your brain, you really have to concentrate, they're very serious, but yes he does humour, he can do it it's just, do you you want more of that? because you're not going to get a by the numbers Bond film, whether we like it or not, you're not going to get that I'm not saying we want that. I'm just so, so yeah. you've got you've got to factor in. But then I think, well, hang on, he's not he's not just directed stuff that he's written. He has like insomnia I thought was excellence, and he didn't yeah. like he is capable of doing one off films, of course, as well. He 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 doesn't have to build a world in all of them. <laughs> you know, like the that's when he's at his bet I think for me, like Interstellar, when he's creating something completely original and he takes massive risks with storytelling. And they and they they come off. You don't have to, like I say you don't have to do that with the Bond film. You don't no. don't kill him. You know don't give him. Kid, don't shut up. You know just in the past I would have said when I was a bit happier with where the franchise was going I'd say he, he'd do a good job, but it's too risky. I think we don't need to do that. But now it's so so bleedingly obvious. It's just a joke, isn't it? Not to say that there would be other good directors out there, but he's got he's got to be given first dibs for me. And I think he's got to be given a chance to executive produce at least three of them for me. I don't mean because it's a trilogy, I just mean steer shit into yeah. a good direction. Mm. He could he'd be involved with the casting as well for me. And there's no he's a polite guy. He's not, you know, he's not had a massive outburst at any of his actors, as far as I'm aware. It's not it's not like that. He just needs control because that's when, when he's best.
7: No, I, completely agree with with everything that's been said. and that's that's the one issue that I have. It's too good to be true that that I don't think Eon part of me thinks that I don't think they've got the confidence to give it to someone like him. I think that I think that he is by far the, the most perfect candidate. I think there are some issues around him being maybe bigger than bigger than Bond and wanting that creative control that in the past have turned people away. And that's that's a legacy thing. That's like you know a lot of other film directors who, who who wanted to direct Bond films who were told you you don't get final cut. Well, I don't get final cut. Well, there's no way I'm making this film. And I think that there's that maybe a big issue. Again, it's just all it's all it's all just just I, I can't think of anyone who is more of a perfect filmmaker for the material. In my obviously in my imagination, I have no idea what kind of story would come with, but I, I have great confidence in he would come up with a story that was maybe not one hundred percent original, but was interesting and took all the great elements that we love about the series and the character and did something interesting with it. Didn't reinvent the wheel. We don't want that. We don't. We don't need it. Um, I think that he would. Yeah, I just think he's—he's—he's—it's he's, almost like I say it's too good to be true that he would actually be given it. Given the track record of the way that the series is being kind of produced, I worry that they'll bottle and just go. Actually, maybe it's not right for us because we got it's too too much. You know, coming off the back of Daniel Craig coming in, even though you could argue is there, is there a more successful filmmaker in terms of return on investment, you know, obviously James Cameron is able to make, you know, a shit ton of money, but he spends a shit ton of money on that, you know, because for <laughs> Nolan did Oppenheimer and cut the budget to make sets, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no one does this, you know, that's why I was saying about that, like, about uh, Gareth Edwards, about people actually making films within their means. And you don't have to just keep throwing money and money, which is that kind of, you know, the Marvel school of filmmaking. I, I, yeah, that's the, that's my only concern. Is it's not Nolan material. It's Eon in that Venn diagram. You've got basically you've got the perfect storm. There's never a better time for that filmmaker and this con, you know, the content and the the, the series and everything that comes with it to be joined up. But I just don't have enough confidence in Eon to actually say it's yours. You've just made a film about scientists scientist. It's making, going to make a billion dollars. Like no one ever. Who? What? It's not. It's not a thing. No one. You know, it's not. You know, out, out, his films outperform what should be the big blockbuster films. But he manages to do it time and time again. He is an anomaly. I don't. I can't think of another filmmaker who's able to to come to material so varied and interesting, and yet still make that kind of money and get. You know, the reviews obviously up and down on some of those films, it's personal taste, but what a what a run! You know, like you know, comparative to, to Denis, what's that guy that, that there was that film review who pronounced his name wrong? Villain, the way, way. Way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so there's there's like him who had you, know, has everyone says, Oh, can you can you see a better run than that? You know, it, it's from he it doesn't make money though, does he really? Exactly, and that's and that's the difference between him and Nolan is that he mm-hmm. Nolan has. a a creative artistic head but he also has a commercial head he understands filmmaking probably better than anyone at the moment and I think I say hands down yes I wouldn't have any if it it was me I'd say there you go off you go I completely trust you with this franchise off you go and I can't say that about many other filmmakers because you say he would write a good story he would it would be Salt, you know, even if you had people, you know, nitpicking it, taking it to pieces, it would just be top tier bond. I can't imagine him coming out with anything that was that was Mm. what we've had kind of recently. Where it's like, this is really good filmmaking on a technical level, but that story plot absolutely fucking stinks, you know, (laughs) and it ruins it for me. And you're just like, that's it, And, and it throws you out, and you're like, what on earth did I just watch? Everything up to then was was pretty good. And that one choice, mm. and he's not, he's too considered as the filmmaker to, to kill off Bond or to have the villain, his brother. He's just too intelligent mm. and too considered. Perfect choice. It's, this is all in
3: Ian's court now, and I, I, I well, hope they can see that. That's how interesting the situation is as well, because the extra factor we've got now is that there's all, he's a big name amongst the general public. There is now an anticipation and an expectation. His name is attached to the project, and I don't know whether that's going to make Eon react badly in a childish way and say, no, you know, we can't, or, you know, for them to show the upper hand Mm -hmm. of, well, actually, no, we, we know someone better or whether they show weakness, what what I would actually consider strength and say, yes, he is the right man for the job. Mm -hmm. But it's such a unique situation where the world is almost crying out for it to happen. And uh, uh, how do they respond to the rumours? How do this, you know, what,
10: it's it's, that's the thing.
7: That's the what the, the as infuriating it is to, to 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 hear we've not done anything. I'd rather have that than kind of yes, we, you know, we, yes, we've had a meeting and then a month later, yeah, we've decided it's not a right fit. You know what I mean? I'd rather not know anything and then to announce it or say actually we've, we're announcing this person and everyone goes, well, what happens to Christopher Well, Christopher nolan has gone on to do yeah. something else. Mm. You know, yeah. I I don't want this kind of them coming in. And I, I and I understand them not. They don't want to jinx it. I, I, that's how I kind of see it. I'd rather not know anything until they the mention someone like him, and then that's when I'll go. I can mm. breathe a sigh of relief.
4: Well, they're both getting on a bit, particularly Michael. They're clearly slowing down. They're not as interested. Yeah, getting on with it. Right. Well, this guy will do it for you. He'll he'll produce it as well. He'll right. Mm-hmm. He's mm. all all consuming. And the other thing is he can still get a film out in two years, despite spending all this money, all this Mm. time, and everything. He can do a film, can't he, every two or three years? It's just, it's so so obvious.
5: Yeah. No, I I mean, a lot of this uh, has been covered, and I think I was in a place where, similar to Harry, where obviously I'm a massive No One fan, but where I thought, while it feels a good fit in some ways, you know, oh, he might tinker with the formula a bit too much, or he might make it, you know, this, that, or the other. And like Tom says, I'm now at a place where, well, in the last film, the him have a kid, you know, Felix die, M creating the the, you know, in the and then the one before that is he had an adopted brother, and yeah. you know, no. So Christopher Nolan, I I'm now in a place where, yeah, well, even if he does maybe tinker a bit in ways I probably wouldn't do, but I'm I'm willing to allow, you know, <laughs> who am I to? But you know, I'm willing to forgive that or, you know, embrace that even. I think, yeah, in terms of what you're saying about style, I think he does have a style. I don't know if Harry meant more, if you saw a frame from one of his films, you wouldn't always know that it was one of his yes, compared to yeah. like Denis Villeneuve or, yeah. I don't know, Edgar Wright or someone like that or Wes Anderson I think, or something. I think
3: just on that point, halfway through his run of films, your casual, casual film goer wouldn't, Necessarily know who Christopher Nolan was and be able to link it to his other films. I think now people know that because they've heard of him, they know the run that he's on. But there's no, there's no striking visual style. He's had, you know, he's had a, f- a few different cinematographers, and he's still kept up. Uh, yeah, I just there's nothing striking or
5: distracting. I think mm. compared to other directors. Sorry, Matthew I interrupted you. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I I just wanted to say about that because there are things you know tropes and. You know the way, sort of some scenes crescendo and 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 various things. And Tom's right; like there are quite sort of heavy, and you know things are moving quickly. Even though his film's quite long, like they're moving quite quickly, and you've got to, you know, he trusts his audience to keep keep up essentially. But you know, I really do look at. at I mean, he, he that, that's something I want to say. He said that after Oppenheimer, because he found that you know he's found it quite a serious, heavy, you know, oh, yeah. Theme nihilistic. He said. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That he now wants something a bit lighter, so that would would feed into Bond. And yeah, just just like with the Batman films, even though Batman films traditionally take place all in Gotham City, in each of his like the worst scenes outside of you know a bit more globe trotting, you know gadgets are involved. Uh, They're the, the pretty Bond, really. And also, his his villains are really memorable. Um, I think you said you said this maybe Harry. And I know lots of those. You know, like the Joker. I mean, he's always going to be memorable and everything but like Bane I mean some some people you know almost take the mick out of Bane a bit but how many more people are aware of Bane as a villain and the performance than nearly any Marvel villain I don't you know Rob Bryden and Steve Coogan obviously taking the mick out of his voice and, and whatnot yeah. but I just don't see the same impact that characters have in Marvel films and other in other and another film, so I don't know. He, he gets it that for an action adventure film, you have you know you have your hero, and then you, you have the person they're coming up against. You have all these obstacles, and you have a plot for them to thwart, and which is ultimately what a Bond film um, needs. So yeah, it does seem glaringly obvious. I'll be gutted if it, if it doesn't happen, particularly if it's if it's their decision. <laughs> If it's his decision, then you know what. What can you do? In in some ways, I do understand. You know, John Orty and David zaritsky who are reticent. You know, because of the fact that he might make. You know, it becomes more about being a Christopher Nolan film. I totally under, understand that. I think of all these people, Christopher Nolan is the person who is respectful enough of the material and positive enough about it that he wouldn't want it. He wouldn't want it to be all about him. We you do. know, when he's
4: with Batman, he didn't
5: book uh-huh.
4: the books, did he? In the comics and and give you something completely different. It's all within the comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely,
5: yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I just, I, I really, I really hope it happens. It's, it seems, it seems too obvious, but that shouldn't be a reason not to do it. Come on, it's, trying it's, to will it into action. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's... Manifest it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Brian Clough
4: as England manager is a very old reference, but. Yeah, best manager in the world by a mile, but oh, yeah. we don't want him. He's a bit no. He'll want to take over. He talk-
3: Yeah, well, yeah. that's it. It's, it's, a, it's a, In some ways, they could. I know they've got a friendship with him, but he is a threat to their position, their creative position, their the credit they get. But I think. Think of all the credit that they can get by appointing him, by getting him on the team. I know. Your your technical Oscars. I know it's it's slightly cynical. It is important to think about how absolutely enormous it would be, the film. Mm. It would be absolutely massive.
4: I'll be honest as well. He will be picking up Best Director at the Oscars in February. Absolutely dead on for me, or in March, whenever it is. So when we're talking about good publicity for the film... Goodness me, that's. I know it's not that important to us whether or not the new Bond directors won an Oscar, but no, no, it the isn't. public. It, it, goodness me, that'll be yeah. brilliant timing to announce him just before or just after.
3: And I suppose now you know the writer's strikes ended, negotiations can start now, and things can be said and released. People can get attached to projects. Yeah. Stuff might start happening. I'll um I'll start to wrap it up there. I think because you know we've spoken now. at... Real I life have spoken. Yeah. yeah, I came into, you know, set up this episode knowing it'd be one of the biggest, as we talk about Bond 26, because it just the director, obviously dictates the direction. But I think talking about it has been so good for me personally, just because at the moment I'm thinking only about Christopher Nolan, and that excites me. But I'm also worried about how I'll feel. If it's not Christopher Nolan, will there be some disappointment? But I, I really enjoyed the names that people were throwing out, and it, it reminded hmm. me that actually There is a real world of amazing directors out there at the moment that aren't Christopher Nolan that would do a great job that we could be Mm. just as excited about. Christopher Nolan would be great. Some of those names that got named before, there might be others. How good? You know, we're in this position to look forward to a Bond film. And I think there are some very, very talented filmmakers out there at the Mm. moment. There are ones that I don't want anywhere near it. And I'm confident enough that they won't, I don't think they'll get it. So I feel pretty, pretty pleased about it. And I do think Even though it's quite a negative conversation, it's important to think about what's happened to the Bond franchise in the last 20 years and kind of get an understanding of what we really need to happen next with Bond 26, what the fans are crying out for, and what what cinema goers, you know, the world needs as an adventure hero. We need James Bond back loud Mm. and proud, unashamed. Bond fans shouldn't be shouldn't have to feel the need to criticise parts of their own franchise. They should now enter a period of, we are all proud to be Bond fans, Mm. you know, unashamed Bond fans. And I think we really have that opportunity now. I think this is a new chapter, a chance to refresh things
5: and uh, and take a really positive step forward. Go on, Matthew. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I will. No, no, no. I know you're trying to wrap it up. No, no, no. It is amazing, you know. No Time to Die, did it make about 700-odd million, nearly 800, I don't know, yep. something like that. And I know partly it was partly affected by coming out of lockdown, but, you know, as you mentioned, Oppenheimer, an R-rated story about scientists has made 950 million. Imagine how much they could make if, they, if yeah. he did a Bond film. And also, I was just picturing, you know, if if he directed the first one, but then maybe set up a bit of it so that even if he didn't write the next one, it, you know, he'd... Uh, there might be a bit of, you know, some templates there or, you know, would retain executive producer or producer. And then like someone like Joseph Kaczynski came in or, a yeah. you know, or a Gareth Edwards yeah. or someone like that. I mean, it could really set the set the thing up in a really good place to be, you know, a, a real big player in, in Hollywood again. And backed by Amazon,
3: you know, in terms of the marketing that's possible yeah. there and how they are pretty much everywhere around the world. This is a, a prime uh, opportunity for Bond to <laughs> to, to become God. front and center, to be on the side of billboards, to be on the side of Amazon crates. And the other thing I've always I've thought about with Nolan as well is he he, he loves the prologue, doesn't he? The opening scene. I wonder if he'd do yeah. anything with that. I wonder if he'd release the prologue as you know oh, something because yeah. that's something he's done before. With since the Dark Knight, with his action films, he's liked to release the opening. Yeah. Sequence the prologue um, as a bit of yeah. marketing, and that's something that could potentially work in his favour. <laughs>
5: so fun film things in his films. It's yeah.
3: Anyway, a great conversation, and just talking about it has helped us. But I suppose the conversation carries on on social media. You know, how you you guys have your say and what you think. There might be things we've said you agree with. There might be things that we've not considered, and you need to let us know about it. But it's a it's a conversation to be had with positivity and excitement, as we just really trying to will on progress with this next Bond film, and maybe things will start to happen now. We, we shall wait and see, but thank you for the conversation. Uh Thanks for all the suggestions, mm. and yeah, just continue to create a bit of a buzz around this film. Mm. Um So yeah, we're going to keep looking out for updates, but at the same time celebrating everything that already exists about the Bond franchise that we love so much. So thank you for listening, and stay tuned for whatever comes next. Good night, folks. Good night. Peace and love. Peace and love. Good night.
4: So the day after we recorded this uh, huge chat about who's going to direct the next Bond, the internet went crazy over a tiny comment that Christopher Nolan made in an interview promoting Oppenheimer. So uh, here it is.
0: Celebratory uh, week, you know, coming out of the the strike being resolved. I'm yeah. sure you're happy about that. Yeah, very. We'll get nice. back to work on your next movie, whatever it is. <laughs> Bond, maybe.
10: <laughs> no, sadly no. Uh, no truth to to those rumors, but uh, very thrilled that the strike is over and we can all get back to work. Yeah,
4: bit of fake news, really. We think he could still do it. Bring on Bond 26.
1: <laughs> we have